The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. As usual, I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us is the Rickster. What's going on, yeah. mate? Yeah. Uh, just watching a documentary called What the Health, Macca. Well, I was until the show, but I've left mm. the room. Yeah. It's, it's all about meat is bad for you guys. I'm it's, telling you. It's just not true. You shouldn't believe Thank everything you. That, you, that you hear, mate. No, I'm telling you. Start doing the research to be an ostrich head in the sand. They're saying that um, uh, red meat causes diabetes and is also carcinogenic and white meat especially chicken is not that great either it's a big myth look i think this show is a big myth to be honest really sounds terrible are we living in a simulation i don't know i don't know i'm living living in poor period at the moment that's what i'm living in but Oh, I don't know what what's that. That's definitely not a simulation. <laughs> no, no. That's not called arduous. It was. Yes, very much so. <laughs> anyway, let's get straight into it, mate, and do our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about Port Adelaide this week. What was your love? My love was Bokey. I've been pretty harsh on the Travs over the journey the last couple of years, and I reckon he been building over the last month and I thought he had an awesome, awesome game on Saturday and that's what I expected of him as a leader and it reminds me of what all the Port Adelaide leaders do, he led from the front he was strong, aggressive took the man on and won and uh, showed passion I just don't, I'm a bit perplexed why we don't see that week in, week out from him at times uh, I think we've seen it most weeks this year, as I've said a couple of times this year, I reckon he's been harshly um, criticised for much of this season. I think he's actually had a really good year now. His last five or six weeks have been fantastic. Um, and once again, he was um, one of the catalysts to the win on the weekend. He was brilliant. He ran his guts out, kicked a nice goal, um, did everything that you want your captain to do, I think. So, um, yeah, he's uh, he had a few quiet weeks uh, in the first half of the season. But overall, I think... Um, He's performed his role um, to the team perfectly, to be honest. Have we been managing him with the build-up to the finals? Oh, I don't think we've been managing him. I just think um, he's just gotten better and better at his role as the year's gone on. Yeah. Well, I mean, the advantage is, though, that he hasn't been the main man for a lot of the year, so he should be a yeah. lot fresher compared to previous years. Possibly, yeah. That's true. It can be true. But that was my love. That's a good Trav. love. That is a good love. Um, mine is Dan Houston this week. Um, you know, he cops a, a crunch, crunching tackle. Crunching tackle. Pops his shoulder. Day looks to be over. Gets it strapped up. Comes back on. And I thought he was well inside our top five players on the ground from that point oh, on, to be honest. He was, a, he was amazing. I thought, he, I thought he was great. Showed great yeah. courage to get back out there. And, uh, and to play so well, I thought it was incredible. And... Um, yeah, if we see some success this year, then uh, I think his effort on Saturday should go down in Port Adelaide folklore, to be honest. Well, for a... I mean, let's say, effectively, he's a first-year player in the seniors. Uh, he was tough. He used, what, he kicked the ball at 93%. Um, you know, he's our most assured disposer of the ball, really. Yeah. And he, I lo- he had natural aggression. It wasn't artificial. Um, you know, a bit of disdain for the opposition... Hates making a mistake. You can just see it burns him. It, you know, dare to say, completely different players, but he, he he has the passion of a young Wilbur Wilson as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, that's uh, that's fair. That's a fair comparison, I think. Um, he certainly got that uh, sort of toughness in him. Uh, we've yeah. had a few um, mentions in the chat room already. Uh, Jimmy Unchained has said, Bokey's intensity around the bowl. Four. I agree with that four. Uh, Libby has said, agree, Bokey has had a good season overall. And Simon Rankin, I think it's his first time in the chat room, he has said, I bet Boke eats meat. <laughs> what are you, that sounds, what are you implying? <laughs> I reckon he's a red meat eater, mate. 
I'm sure most footy players are red meat eaters, but doesn't mean it's good for them. Wait till you see the, our new field uh, fielded team next year are full of vegans. And Craig Jones has said, I'm here. Welcome. Welcome, Craig. He's back. Um, back. Your hate this week? Uh, well, I was going to say the umpires for the confusing um, Paddy Ryder calls. Um, they were perplexing. Um, my hate is sort of a bit of a cryptic one. It's My hate's more of a concern with the signing of Jasper. And um, I hope we have a bit of a harder edge at the trade table this year and we okay. just don't sign everybody um, because they're good blokes and good team players. And I guess that's not ruthless clubs do at times. And, uh, you know, Jasper has underperformed. He's given us great service, but he has underperformed this year. And Kane Corns intimated he wasn't on maximum coin, which uh, I guess is a little bit reassuring. But I just, you know, I just hope we're not uh, going to sign everyone up and and sort of be be left with that standard list that we've had for the last few years, which hasn't performed. Does that make sense? It does. I'm I'm stunned that you're pretty much intimating that we should have let Jasper leave. Your main man, your boy. My main man. Yeah. Your bro. I'm, I'm, I'm onto the I'm onto the Dan Houston train now. Uh, I'm loving the I'm loving the rocket and uh, the new Jasper. Not that I, the new Jasper. Well, no, he's completely different. The new Wilbur. But um, no, I just think look, I just it just makes me concerned. Um, you know, because I you know the rumblings are that Jacko wants to stay as well, and you know, and we've got some great depth coming up, putting pressure on, which I think needs to be played, and how it's proven that over the last two games. And even Marshall to a lesser extent on the weekend, mm. and you know if we keep if we sign Jacko for example, we we keep Brody, we sign Jasper. Well, you know the the Ken's going to be tempted to keep them as first twenty two players and give them a fair fair shot again, I'd imagine, um, yeah. which is really going to stunt our growth. That's where I'm going. Yeah, look, and that's I think you're right, to especially those especially with Jasper in the fact that look, his best is fantastic, and he showed that the last two years. Um, he was one of our best players for sure. Uh, it hasn't worked out for him this year so far. And if he plays like this, I would have been happy for him to go, <laughs> to be mm. honest. Like, we've got a ready-made replacement in Riley Bonner. We've got so many back flankers that we can sort of plug and play back there, and they'll probably do a decent job. Um, it frees up Houston to become a, a genuine first 18 player. Um where he's probably still on the edge at the moment. Um, I would have been happy for Jasper to sort of look elsewhere. And um, if he got a big sort of, you know, grandfather offer from, from a club, I would have said, yep, go go get your money, mate. Um, mm. Trengove, I'm a bit different. I, I, I really want Trengove to stay. Uh, I think he's still of use to us, for sure. I think he's definitely still a, a, a first 22 player which might be controversial to some. Um, but I, I still think he's got a lot of use for this football club. Um, but now, that, like, do we do we need to sign both? That's the question. Um, I don't know. I was kind of looking forward to getting some, you know, potentially in the first round compensation picks um, this year to, to continue getting some talent uh, back into the club as well, some young talent. But... I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Trengove leaves. From what I've heard, he was pretty close to signing, and now that's been put on the back burner. I'm not sure if it's because he was dropped, and he's sort of uh, cracking the sads a little bit, um, or, or what, or if he's um, been offered some bigger money elsewhere that he looks like think, taking. I don't think he's the sort of player that would crack the sads. Um, so uh, I don't I, think. I that don't would know. Be true. I, I don't know. He is a footballer, mate. And, um, you know, 99% of footballers have an ego. And he's never been dropped in his career before last week. Um, I don't reckon he's cracked the sads. But I do think that it puts a lot of pressure on uh, Broadbent. I find it. I think we almost have to ship him off. He'd be a a valuable commodity for another team. Um, We might be able to get... You know, maybe early into the second round with Broadbent, 
you know, I'd suggest maybe a Carlton or a St Kilda might be interested in someone like him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I think, you know, Bonner, more leg speed, uh, Houston, more accuracy, Darcy Byrne-Jones, um, you know, and, and Hartlett of Schoen. Um, yeah, that... We we probably he's probably expendable, especially now with Jasper staying. Yeah, look, well, I think this leads into being one of our most interesting off seasons, uh, certainly for the last sort of four or five years. I know we've totally wanted to we, we've been able to keep everybody that we've wanted to keep um, since Ken took over. Uh, this might be the first year where we say see you later to maybe a couple of first twenty two players. You never know; it might happen. Well. It's interesting because it's, you know, everyone laughs at the Crows who sort of churn a few players, but it hasn't really affected their performance and development. Whereas you look at us, which have been loyal and we've had a loyal club, um, but we haven't had the same uh, recent successes what they have. So, Mm. you know, perhaps having a little bit of list turnover isn't a bad thing for keeping players on edge and allowing that next gem to come through instead of having... You could almost say our list stagnated for a little while, and I, and I think that, and we'll get into it, I guess, very soon. But my observation from the takeaway was, if you remember, halfway through the year, I sort of said we're trying. To, it seemed like Ken was just picking what he thought was the best twenty-two players and trying to make them work into a team. But you know, last week's selections actually picked role players for positions, and look what happened. We, you know, they might not have been in, on the best twenty-two names. Um, on the on the run sheet, but what they were were they played their roles, and we got yeah. we got genuine success from that. Yep, that's fair enough. I think um, with the crow situation, I mean, you never really want to lose talent, especially young talent, or um, you know the best player in the competition. That's you know that's certainly not in anyone's planning. But when you do lose those sort of players, you do get compensated very very well for it. Um, so you are able to bring in more and more. Um, top-end elite talent, which is what the Crows have been able to do. The downside, and this is where if they do win the flag this year, they will sort of buck the trend and and all that sort of thing, is that if you keep losing highly talented players who are reaching their peak and you lose them for their peak, then you're just in this sort of perpetual development stage and you never actually reach the end goal that you're after, which is winning a premiership. And this is the issue mm. that GWS might face if they keep losing elite talent as well. Like if they lose Devin Smith this year and one or two other players, which um, might be on the cards, um, they might face the same sort of issues. Now, if they win the flag, good on them. They've, um, you know, they've obviously been able to lose those sorts of players and and uh, and win the flag anyway, which uh, which would be great for them. But um, I mean, it's certainly not something that you you could recommend sort of doing. I would I would think. Yeah, but I guess you. I mean, if you, if you're talking about Patrick Dangerfield, for example, great. Yeah, but player, they've lost. But... They've lost Bock, Gunston, Davis, Dangerfield, Tippett. I mean, that's a lot of talent, especially tall talent. Um, you know, the the way that they've been able to regenerate their uh, their key position stocks has been remarkable. I would think. Mm. We should be uh, we should be closely looking at our cross tie town neighbours mm. for their development. What are they doing that's a little bit different to ours? But um, I think it, you know, I think the big difference is that they just give those guys more opportunity than what we do. We seem to, from yeah, this, from my from my perspective, I feel like we just, as a club, sort of lack it. We seem to have a, a real lack of trust in those young players. But anyway, yeah, I've really that's, hijacked that's your hate. No, that's all right, we haven't, even, we haven't even gone into it. My hate is very hateable, and that's uh, Tommy Jonas this week. Um, I you know knew, I love that's him. Why I knew you, you know I love him. Tom. Oh, I know, I know. It's, Come on, uh, let's, it's pick, let's pick on him. Well, he's had a monster year. He's been fantastic this year. He should be top five in our best and fairest. And what, what he did was just so unnecessary. It's the same as how I you know, keyed off against bloody Ryder earlier this year when he just unnecessarily got himself suspended. Like There was just no, no need for it. Is but you soft? can't compare the two. Well, you kind Riders, of can. Because no, they Riders, were both 50 metres off the ball. But Riders was a, an intentional punch, which is yeah, but clearly you, not allowed. You, you couldn't Riders, even tell if he actually punched him or not. That's the, that's the issue. But Tom, Tom Jonas was at least doing a, a sporting tactic, which was to try and just block a player. Yeah. And you know, I think 
He's been penalised. You from run the risk. Previous... You run but... the risk. Was it, is it soft? Yes, it probably is soft. But it's not 1995 anymore. You can't do these sorts of things. There's cameras everywhere. When you do it, when you hit someone in the head with an elbow, which is what he did, you're going to get stung for it. And um, Did he really hit him in the head with an elbow? Of course he did. You can see his head go back. Or forearm slash elbow. He chose to hit hip and shoulder someone 50 metres off the ball. Now we're going to be without our best defender and one of our best form players this year for what is most likely going to be a sudden death elimination final. Um, and Dow, and that and is incredibly Dow disappointing. Dowhouse flopped like a rag doll to just get a free kick, and he got the free kick, and he was up and running. No, he didn't. He didn't and get a free kick. Yes, he did. Are you it sure? It was down, a down-the-field free kick. Mm, I don't know. I but, can't remember Yeah, they that stuffed bit. it because it was a, they called it a, they called it a down-the-field free kick, but they actually awarded a 50-metre penalty. But I don't know if they award the free, which is actually the larger... But it was definitely a free for the down-the-field free kick against Jonas. Yeah. Look, people can uh, look. People can whinge all they want about, you know, oh, it was soft and oh, all he did was sort of stand his ground and all he did was just bump him softly and Dalhouse ran into him. Well, he didn't. Like He ran, he changed direction and deliberately got in the way of Dalhouse and knocked him flying. Like, I don't know. Come uh, on. I, I just don't flying. see... Well, he did. He suspended uh, for two weeks. They, they he's just, if, if Dalhouse had a glass jaw, he'd be suspended for four weeks. Like, he's got form. They had he, he's had to walk... No, there's no agenda here. The agenda yes, is don't do something fucking stupid on the verge of finals when you're a leader and a vice-captain and you're maybe one of the form players. Don't do it. It's stupid. Maybe, maybe Dalhouse just really lacks awareness. He runs into feet. He runs into elbows. <laughs> Maybe he needs to watch the, watch out what the hell he's doing on the football field instead of just allowing himself to be collected week after week. Maybe, but I'll tell you what, if we lose in a couple of weeks' time by a kick and someone that Jonas should have been taken kicks four or five goals, I won't be going, oh, bloody Dalhouse. I'll be going, thanks, Tom. Thanks very much. Would you, would you, would you trade him for his penalties? No, of course not. No. I just think you need to be smarter, especially if he got one week, I'd be a lot less annoyed than what I am. But the fact that he's going to miss a final and you're a a leader of this club, um, you know, it's it's unacceptable. It's just silliness. And we we seem to have these players that do this all the time. Like, as I said on Big Footy today, I'm half expecting Hamish Hartlett to do one of his cheeky gut punches behind the play for the 39th time and get himself suspended for a final as well. But was his impact any more severe than Ollie Wines the week before? Probably not, but... But Ollie uh, Wines... Get, oh, maybe Ollie a little Wines bit. Does, maybe a little Ollie bit. Wines, well, the difference was that the player had the ball, wasn't it? And he kicked it and then got bumped. This one, Dalhouse was 50 metres off the ball. Like, it's a completely yeah. different scenario. Yeah, but players In terms of impact, retard. it probably wasn't... Um, yeah, I don't think either was sort of heavier than the other. Um, you know, you're Tom so, Jonas. So he, you're so Tom Jonas. You're one of the you're one of the most suspended players in the league. You got to watch is what he? you do. Of course, he is. He's been suspended for about twelve games now in his career. There wouldn't be many players that. Have, I love um, it. <laughs> it's I not bad. It. It's good. Um, oh, what a tough man! I, I've been crying for some Port Adelaide toughness. You yeah, need to harden up. You're just becoming this new age emotional. Do it in round six. Guy. Do it in round six when it doesn't matter and doesn't impact your finals. I reckon he should throw out the elbow a little bit more often. He does mm. it well. Maybe. <laughs> he does <laughs> do it well. Very... He does do it well. Look, I agree with you seriously. He it was probably sloppy, um, but look, it's a bit of a witch hunt against Tom. I'm positive they've looked at his six week indiscretion from. A year or two ago, what was it? Last year, and um, and they've gone. Oh, we've got to make a make a stand on this one. But let's face the facts. It was it, at worst, it was a one week. Yeah, show him a lesson. And uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of well, a well. It was a one week. It was one week, and the fact that he's got a terrible record has made it two weeks. Yeah, well, that's bullshit in itself. It should just be one. 
assessed on its own merits. And, you know, until the match review panel was held account by allowing um, precedents to come into this fabricated courtroom, um, the whole the whole system has no credibility and just is a corrupt process from the get-go. Mm, and, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, allow some precedents to come into it until you do... It's just a uh, it's just a kangaroo court and a rabble. Hmm. Right, question time. Power Raiders asked, love to hear your thoughts on the value of youth. Um, age and experience is valuable, but we seem to win without them. Uh, will this win get Ken thinking about tough decisions at year's end? Which is Look, kind of what not... you just brought up. Yes, but uh, let's not get allured into one game and the fantasy of youth because youth also brings inconsistency. Um, unfortunately for us, what the problem's been is our senior players have also been inconsistent, uh, which is exactly what you're saying, what I've brought up. And that's why I think some senior uh, players um, need to be held to account. I'm not sure Jackson, I would argue, is an inconsistent player for us, though. And, um, you know, I would have, if I had, if you were going to put me on the spot and make me choose, I would probably say retain Jackson because he's a very versatile swingman. Uh, which could be very useful for us, but I would have been um, not disappointed if Jasper hit the pay dirt and took the money and run, because uh, I think I think we're starting to show. But so yeah, don't don't think that because if you get caught caught up in the youth cycle um, of always getting sucked into it, you keep trading out your senior players early and you keep going for the youth, but you gotta you gotta reap the rewards. Yeah, look, well, I've been pretty happy with how the young guys are going in the side. I thought Marshall wasn't too bad on the weekend. Would Trengove have done better? Probably. Um, would Dixon still have dominated? Yes. Um, I, I, really I, I disagree what... with that. You reckon? I, no, I disagree with Marshall uh, Trengove doing better than Marshall. I, I think Marshall. Well, I think Marshall uh, led to the ball better. Has an extra mm. bit of speed, and um, yes, That's he true. didn't have he didn't have any courage to to go for many pack marks, you could see see that he was sort of like, I don't want to get in the way here, especially because Charlie was dominating. But yeah. he, was still, he was still able to clear space. And he was definitely a lot more nimble and mobile at ground level. Oh, and, he sure. led to the, and he led to the ball a lot, a lot um, smarter than what Jackson did. I would agree with that. But in terms of actual output, I reckon Tringo would have dominated that ground, <laughs> to be yeah, honest. Yeah, probably. And look, he was a bit Against that undermanned, undersized defence of, yes. uh, of the Western Bulldogs, he would have um, he would have kicked a few goals, I reckon. Yes. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm very happy with what the youth is doing, but I still think that the experience that's out of the side at the moment has a part to play. And um, I still think guys like Pittard and um, and Homp should, uh, should come back in, I think, at, at some point. Um, us against the rest has Ken conceded that we are not good enough yet to go all the way and that is the reason he is playing youth no I don't think so I think Ken would be believing I'm pretty confident that he'd be thinking that they can still win the premiership Um, but I think he was also smart enough to realise I mean it was a bit late for me but that some of his players that he was relying on was sinking the ship and he needed to change it up yeah I'd we could potentially finish top four still on the weekend. Uh, it is actually very much on the cards. Um, you know, to say that we've uh, that he's conceded that we're not good enough yet. I mean, you wouldn't be conceding at this point in the season. No way. I reckon any. This, coach this is Port Adelaide, any, mate. This is Port Adelaide. Not only that, any, any coach that finishes in the top eight, I would guarantee, would not be conceding that they can't win the grand final. No. Nope. Uh, Andre has asked, Dixon had one of his best games for the club, was a second key position forward who doesn't get in the way a large part of the reason. Well, I don't think Jackson gets in the way. I don't think um, he does either, to be honest. But uh, no, I think it's. I think they noticeably changed the structure. Um, they didn't. They definitely left two forwards deeper, but in different positions, um, which sort of spread the defence a little bit more. Mm. Yeah, as as I said, I think um, if it was Trengove or if it was Eddie, they still would have probably had a big game, I think. Absolutely. And, um, and still helped out. Andre, but I have no problem in mm. picking Marshall ahead of those two just to give an eye to the future. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Um, Andre has also asked, assuming all players who've had an AFL game this year were fully fit, 
Who, if any, who played Saturday would not make your best side and who'd replace them? Mm. It's, a so, tough, it's a tough one. It really is a tough one. Well, the the players that are out are probably the ones that I would answer the question. So probably Hodge oh, has been yeah. out of form. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Broadbent's been out of form and Pittard's been out of form and I guess Trengo's been played out of position. So, mm. yeah, I think the ones that are out are the ones that I would be saying. But uh, it doesn't mean that they can't make the best 22. I just think that, yeah, I think Trengo's the unlucky one because he's really been played out of position. Um, yeah. The rest have just been poor poor on form. And uh, and MP, I guess there's the other one. But Yeah. Look, I still think Pittard, Homsch and Trengo are a part of our best side. I'm just not sure where Trengo fits either at the moment. Um, and look, it goes against everything I've said in the last couple of weeks in regards to Howard being a natural key position defender as well. But I'd like to see how we go with Trengove back and Howard forward, just to see how that sort of um, how that goes. And I think, as you said last week, it adds a, a fair bit of versatility to the side as well. Look, I, I think there's a group of about 26 players who probably all belong in the 22. So there's going to be a couple of unlucky ones. Like I love what Johnson has done so far. Um, so I'd, I'd be reluctant to drop him out of my best side. And I still think Impey has a role to play as well, as you said. Um, so I, I don't know. It's uh, it's tough. I think Jackson really could come into his own against like GWS against Patton. I mean, I think he's he's the Patton matchup for me and uh, and probably the Hawkins matchup and, uh, and probably the Tippett matchup, you know, because those guys are probably too big for even Howard like body body bulk wise, um, so or body mass wise, so yeah, yeah, and yeah, and that's where like we like we discussed, you know, having Jackson and Howard in the side means you know you could throw Jackson back and Howard could go forward, and if they if we haven't got that natural match up with Jackson back for those big players, yeah, that is true. Uh, Andre's asked, what's the best meal to keep? Pop-up comes up right in front of what I'm reading. Uh, Andre, what's the best meal to keep warm watching on a cold day? An option for at the ground and home in front of the TV. Well, against the, the infamous showdown a couple of weeks ago, I made some awesome uh, momos, which are momos. Nepalese dumplings, so to speak, uh, with a nice tomato chutney, all homemade. was great. And then I had a vegetable curry and a dal. And I'd highly recommend it on a winter's football day. And, um, and yeah, I found a niche, that gourmet burger place behind the stands at Adelaide Oval, western side. Um, their burger, burger buns are great. So awesome. The onion burger goes a million miles. Fair enough. The old onion burger, eh? Um, yeah. Look, the main reason why, well, pretty much the only reason why I love going to the SANFL still is the steak sandwiches and the sausage sizzle. To be honest, so for me, that's the best way at the ground, certainly at SA and Phil level, um, to keep warm. Unless you want to down a twenty dollar bucket of lukewarm chips at Adelaide Oval and a pie that's uh, you know scorching hot on the outside but cold in the middle because they you know microwaved it not not for long enough. Um, at home, I reckon a bowl of mac and cheese, something like that. Mac and cheese. Yeah. Do you know, but what I reckon the worst invention so far is the recyclable um, cutlery. Trying to eat something with a wooden fork is just horrendous. It's too yeah. sticky. It just sticks to your lips and it just ruins all pleasure of eating. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the wooden forks, to be honest. No, nah, get rid of nah. the wooden forks. No. Nah. Um, Power Girl was asked, so what do you really realistically think our chances are of going deep into the finals? I think... Uh, Depends well, on I who we that, play, really. Yeah, I think it's possible. Yeah, I, you know, I think we are building momentum. I think we did have a four or five week patch where our midfield was just shockingly bad. Um, you know, I think Melbourne's showing after our game, they're not actually that great. Um, you know, they almost lost to Brisbane. Um, you know, Essendon's inconsistent. We've just, we just made those sides look good. And uh, look, I think we took it up to Geelong. We took it up to GWS and we took it up to Adelaide mm. uh, at the start of the year. So uh, if we if we get that 
confidence back. That's all it comes down to, confidence. And if we if we win three in a row coming in the finals, I think we can give it a reasonable shake of maybe getting to a preliminary and just seeing what goes from there. Yeah. Look, I think best case scenario is us is uh is the Crows losing this week, GWS winning, and we end up we win as well, obviously, and we end up playing GWS in the first final because I reckon we'll beat them. Mm-hmm. Oh, finishing. We'll... You reckon we're going to finish fourth? Well, in that scenario, we would finish fourth. Yeah. Well, obviously, uh, sorry, obviously, uh, Richmond would need to lose as well. Um, but if we could end up one versus four playing against GWS, I reckon we would be playing in a home prelim. Fair income. Yep. Why are you confident that we could beat GWS? Uh, I just look. We really matched it up to them last time, and I think we were without Ryder as well. If memory serves me correct, so I just, I just feel like um, the pressure would be on GWS massively with uh, with their stacked side, and I think we might be able to get an advantage there. Um, I, I just feel like we match up incredibly well against GWS, and uh, I reckon we'd get the job done. I'm less con- talk it. I don't think we'd beat the Crows. Um, no, I, think I, I am growing. I, look, I think we could, but I don't think we will. Um, I think there's, there's no way we'll lose by 90 points in a final to the Crows again. Uh, I think the biggest I it would advantage, be a bloody good game. I think the biggest advantage we've got is the underdog tag because we love it. Yeah. And if we went, no matter how far we go, I think any game we're going to be the underdog. Mm. And which is, sounds crazy, but I mean, but just quickly, Macca, are we? Is it? GWS, is it Josh Kelly? Yeah. Are we uh, a Josh Kelly short of being a fantastic side? And should and if we've got all this room in the salary cap that we're proposing, should we throw the bucket of money at him to try and get him? I think he's more interested in going home as opposed to going towards the highest bidder. Well, Tippett was interested in going home and he went to Sydney. Yeah, but that ended up actually being his home, which no one knew it was his home because he probably made it up um, that his sister lived in Sydney or something like that. <laughs> but you've got to give it a go. You've got to throw your hat in the ring. True. Look, I don't know. I think that's why we're, we might be keen on um, someone like Rockliffe, who will get for probably seven hundred grand cheaper than what Josh Kelly will come. Interesting times. Anyway, that's off topic for now. It is. Powergirl has said on a similar theme, how good did Big Charlie look when he had another toll to help with structure? Yeah, uh, I think Charlie just made himself look good. I'm not sure Todd Marshall had much to do with it. It's chicken and the egg, really. Look, I really don't know. Uh, Statistically, Marshall played probably worse than most games Trengove's played this year, Uh, certainly on the stat sheet, but... I did love what he did. As you said, I loved his pace. Um, I thought he was really good at ground level. He did sort of lead away from um, uh, from Dixon on quite a few occasions, which was nice. But I'm not sure how much we can put Dixon's performance on him having Marshall out there or him playing against a key defensive group that had played, I think, 35 games between them, including the youngest player in the AFL on the weekend. Yeah, I think that's more to do with it. And I mean... Look, it wouldn't surprise me if they've just told Jackson to go back and, and just get some runs in the SANFL and get some confidence up. And I would be pretty confident that, you know, they might give Marshall another run this week and then swap him over for the finals. Mm. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, Zane Corney, I think, has played about 28 games and Lewis Young's played about five. So, I don't know. But They're coming did... up against some pretty inexperienced players. Dixon monstered an undersized defence. Yeah. And he did it, which is great. You know? mm. So he did what he should have done. Yep. And uh, yeah, so uh, I'm really, I'm really happy for him because he looked fantastic. So uh, yeah, that's right. That is right. Um, Gremio Power has asked, how long will it take for us to be invited again to play at Ballarat? <laughs> well, hopefully not we... too long. <laughs> luckily. Um... We control going to China for a while, so um, otherwise we might not get invited back there if we keep winning. But yeah, look, I hope we uh, I hope we get back to uh, Ballarat. I might go next year for the drive. Yeah, I might go next year. I yeah. might be keen to go. Bring my uh, thermals, that's for sure. I think. 
Uh, Pommy Power has asked, no Jonas, are we screwed? No, I don't think so. I mean, look, he's a great player, but I think uh, I think he's replaceable uh, for now. I'd love to have him in the side, but I think we're showing we've got a bit of depth and, you know, we've got Hobbs that could probably go back there and we've got Trengove that can go back there. I'd probably pick uh, Trengove at the moment over uh, Homsch. Who would you take? A tall defensive group of Cleary, Trengove and Howard does interest me, I've got to say. It does interest yeah. me greatly, especially if we're coming up against someone like Essendon who have three tall forwards all around the sort of 198 centimetre mark. Um, I reckon that would be the way to go for that guy. Yeah. Well, I just think that Cleary and um, Cleary and Howard will still be able to provide that intercept sort of tall marking and run out of defence. Yeah. Um, and Jacko could be that nullifier. Whereas, you know, Homch has really struggled with that one-on-one at the, and that nullifying this season, yeah. to, whether it's injury or whatever. So... Well, I, I wouldn't we... be playing Homsch again this year, to be honest. No. He's just not had a good year. He's, I think he's struggling physically, and I would just put him on ice, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Monkey Tunk Man, why does Butterfish taste so good? Uh, it's, uh, the fatter, the better. Because it's made from butter, quite simply. <laughs> so that's why. Is it really? Yep. Well, isn't, it, butterfish, mate. isn't it Mulloway? <laughs> well, it depends where you get it from, mate. It's uh, very, very hard to get um, butterfish in Australia. Uh, so most of it's imported. Um, if you do get local, it is usually Mulloway. It's usually pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, love a good bit of butterfish, mate. Yeah, I used, to like a, I used to like a bit of butterfish back in the day. That's it. Uh, Capital Power, there are still many possible outcomes for finals week one. Who is your preferred opponent and why? Well, I've already said GWS, so who's yours, mate? Uh, I don't really care. I just want my preferred position is four. Yep. That's all. You want the double then, chance, mate, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I want the double chance. I'm keen for it. And uh, who we play is who we play. And, yeah, so it's either going to be GWS or Adelaide, and uh, they've all got, either have got their strengths and weaknesses. So, um, yeah, bring it on. Let's just get fourth. But the thing is, can I just can't see St Kilda being in a position to make finals come coming up against Richmond. So, will they have the passion to still try and beat Richmond? That's the question. That's it. Um, Magpies Power has said, is spinning Sammy Gray's check side from one centimetre out the best worst miss for goal you've ever seen? Hmm. I think we're a bit harsh on him. I reckon he's. I've got one that's worse. I've got one that's worse. Oh, actually, well, I've got two he's... that's worse. Actually, I reckon. I reckon his hit the post in the first Crows game was worse. I mean, he he probably made himself dizzy with his spin, but um, yeah, it was a Sammy Gray moment. But I've got a you know I've knocked him a fair bit, Macca, but I thought he stood up against a a strong side. So yeah. uh, I'll credit where credit's due. Fair enough. I've got two that's worse, and Porsche's just mentioned it as well. There was a game in 99 against North Melbourne, which was, um, and Corey McKernan ran into an open goal, uh, tried to do a torpedo, and missed uh, from about three metres out. Uh, and Michael <laughs> Wilson was literally laughing at him. That's um, one of the funniest things I've seen. And uh, the other one was, uh, I reckon Modras was worse when he took mark of the year over Mick Martin in 97. He was on the goal line, tried to kick the skin off the bowl, and li- literally kicked it straight up in the air. And when it came down, it hit the goalpost on the top of the goalpost. <laughs> that was an amazing mark, though. Mm. Have you read the Have you read Scotty's book? I have. Yep. And what's it about like? three times? I think it's great. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Mm. Definitely worth a read. Mm. Um. Mm. Right, I reckon uh, that's it for the questions, mate. So let's get on to our review of what was a very crucial game on Saturday against the Western Bulldogs in Ballarat, um, which has pretty well shaped the top eight. And look, despite falling behind in the last quarter, we got up and won by 17 points, 14 goals, 12 to 11 goals, 13. Charlie Dixon was the star up forward with four goals, whilst Robbie Gray, Wingard and Ryder kicked two goals each. Um, It was a pretty tough game, mate, but um, I reckon that's... uh, just about the most rewarding win we've had all year. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, 
Yeah, I, I'd put it up there with the West Coast game. I think we're some people are forgetting the resilience we showed in that West Coast game, and that was an equally important game for us. Um, you know, West Coast was also fighting tough for a position in the eight. And um, but yeah, I, those two games are probably the key games for me for for this season so far. And I thought it was a, a really impressive win. And I noticed some of the posters um, on Big Footy were a little bit despondent halfway through there, and and thinking we weren't going to win. But it was one of those games where I thought, even though we weren't completely on top, we sort of were in it. And I, I thought we had a bit more of the momentum. And I was uh, I was quietly confident um, coming back, uh, for us coming back with the wind in the last quarter. Yeah, me too. I was pretty confident coming into three-quarter time. Um, given that we were so close and um, we were right in the game, I thought, yeah, we're, we should really kick on and win this. But look, when they got uh, two goals up in the last quarter, I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Um but look, I, th- I think that's the th- what the third time in the second half of the year that we've looked pretty well done and come back and won, um, which uh, is is pretty unique for this Port Adelaide group. What is this Port Adelaide that we're seeing out there? Is the tide starting to turn, mate? I think so. I mean, you know, we've we've got a we've got a team that's still building, and I think we're almost there with the jigsaw puzzle. I don't think we're completely there. I'm not sure the coaches are completely there either, like completely unified with each other and the, what's going on. But I think we're starting to build, um, yeah, the, all the pegs and putting them in the right spots. And, and as I said earlier, I think instead of picking a best 22 and then trying to make it work, I think we are starting to pick players for roles and, and going there strongly. I, just, I think what let us down from having a comfortable win was not that second quarter. Uh, the Bulldogs really stood... Uh, stood up and and dominated the contested possessions like we did in the first quarter. So into the wind really inspired both teams in that first half. But um, yeah. yeah, it was that was that was probably the only disappointing thing for me that we didn't really maximise the contested possessions and and the uh, so that midfield in that second quarter like we should have. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, I want to bring him up again because his game was that good. Travis Boak, mate. 33 touches, 7 tackles, 6 clearances, 9 inside 50s, 3 goal assists and a goal and a partridge in a pear tree. He did it all on the weekend. Was that his best game for the year? Absolutely. Probably almost his best game for the last couple of years. Mm. And I think it's a bit of an insult, you know, these quasi-journalist experts to to throw the best player at McRae because he racked up 40 disposals. Um, I, would, I would take Travis Boak's game you know, with his 33 over McRae's in a losing side any day of the week. I thought he was strong. Uh, he he used the ball really well. I loved how he took the player on and won. Uh, you know, he, I loved his aggression at his teammates to really show, hey, we're in this and we're going to do it. Um, that's that's the true leader. And he, he, he reminded us why he, he is a great player for Port Adelaide. That's it. On your bokey. Uh, Paddy yes. Ryder. He was, um, he was a monster out there. He had... 55 hitouts, kicked a couple of goals. I think he had eight hitouts to advantage in that last quarter. Um, so he was really the catalyst in in turning that uh, result in our favour. I feel. Yeah, I probably underrated uh, Paddy a little bit after the game. I yeah, I probably didn't really. You know, the ruck you sort of can miss the uh, when you're watching the hitouts to advantage and stuff like that, but. Um, because I think I, I went Boak, Dixon, and Pollock, but you know probably Ryder, Ryder was probably ahead of Pollock in that game, and yeah, he he dominated undersized Bulldogs, which was great, and what he should do, and uh, and he needed that after his little thumping from Jacobs in the in the showdown. So um, yeah. yeah, he couldn't do much more than what he did there. Took a nice specky in the goal square too. He did. That's very true. Um, yeah, look, I thought he was wonderful. He was absolutely what about- wonderful. What about Sam Power Peckers? Peckers. Peckers. <laughs> peppers. Pe- peckers. That's a good nickname for him, isn't it? <laughs> comeback game. Picked a pal yeah, of pickled peppers. Yeah. <laughs> His comeback game. Uh, well, he was all right. Yeah, I thought he was um, tough at the ball. I don't think he really did a whole lot with it, to be honest. Um, like, I don't think it was overly damaging, but I thought he was certainly crucial in winning the hard ball when it was there to be won. I thought he did that quite a lot, which was which was nice. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was I, great to have him back in the side. I no doubt. I actually, 
I wouldn't have had a problem if they rested him for one more game, to be honest. I would have given Arch one more game and given SPP uh, one more off because, I mean, obviously his shoulder was hurting. and yeah. But he came back and he was physical and he's tough. He doesn't care about his bloody body, does he? He's, um, he's ruthless with his aggression. So, uh, yeah, but, you know, good on him. I thought he did well. No doubt. Um, you mentioned Jared Pollock. I thought he was great, especially in that last quarter. Um, he had a number of really crucial touches, especially in the last sort of four or five minutes. Um, he was almost the match winner in that regard. Um, ended up with 23 touches, kicked a nice goal, um, and had a fair bit uh, to do out there. Um, I thought he was great. Yeah, he was a hard-working midfielder. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Probably don't his know. best game for a month month maybe yeah. six weeks i think so it's um yeah look everyone stood up everyone played their bit you know brad ebert was great tagging bontempelli and uh you know really shut him out of the game and uh you know everyone did what they needed to do so um the question the question for us is going to be come finals can the coaches step up their game plan and structures against those better sides that's the million dollar question Sammy Gray, I thought um, that was one. He only had 15 touches, but I thought that was one of his better games for the year. Um, yeah. I thought he really played that high half forward role to perfection almost. And do you know what enthused me really the most about Gray and uh, Jake Need was their positioning around the packs for the fall of the ball. Um, it finally looked like we had big players creating a contest with spillage and then we had crummers and too often this year and in previous years we haven't had crummers at the vol of the ball doing what their job's supposed to be um but you could really see it this year and and yeah so i'd bundle gray and uh, jake need together and i thought both of them did what they had to do yeah riley bonner his first game for the season um there was a lot of criticism over his pre-season form which has seen him sort of stuck in the SNFL all year. But he came back uh, this week, picked up 18 touches, six marks. Um, how did you see his game? Yeah, I thought he was good. Mm. I, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I think he got caught with it a little bit. But, you know, it was first game for the year. And, uh, you know, obviously it's a bit of a step up. And, uh, yeah, will he be in the side come finals? Probably not. You'd, you'd hope that Jasper's fit enough and, and hungry enough. And, uh you know, signing a new three-year contract that he'll be in the side. But you can definitely see uh, there's a place uh, for him going forward. Yeah. Look, when he had that mistake in the first quarter when Gray took the mark and he ran behind him to, uh, yeah. to call for the handball, and then I- I'm not even sure what happened, whether Gray sort of handballed behind him or Bonner stopped looking um, and wasn't paying attention when the when the ball came his way. But... Uh, I just thought, oh, no, not again. Come on. Come on, Riley. And uh, he did. He recovered really, really well. And I actually thought he was great in the second half. Um, he disposed of the ball at 88%. So I was very, very happy with how he played. And um, as I've said numerous times, I reckon he's got a big future. Yeah, well, what you get with youth is enthusiasm, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, with the experienced ones, you get the wisdom. And sometimes you can get a bit of lethargy, I guess, or complacency. But... With the youth, you're always getting enthusiasm, and you've got to you've got to look over the mistakes because, um, yeah, that's they're going to give that for you, and uh, yeah, that's why the great players um, that are young and wise go for number one in the draft. Yep. How did you see Cleary and Howard down back? Great. I thought they were mm. great. Um, I was one that was advocating for Howard to probably be a forward more than the defender, but um, shame on me. He uh, he's looking great back there and uh, yeah I love that he's got he's got that speed and versatility and agility so um, yeah then I guess that's why he he makes a a good defender and uh, you know he had a couple of great spoils and I was a bit harsh on him on that goal that he uh, let through I'm being very hypercritical there but um, a bit of a bad bounce for him I guess Mm. yeah look I thought he was really good again Um, and he does look a natural down back Um, he's had 22 one percenters in uh, in the two games that he's played so far, which pretty much means 22 spoils for a defender um, for the 1% of stat. So, you know, he just knows how to get his hands on the ball and, and spoil when uh, when in a bit of trouble. I love his pace. I love his foot skills. Um, look, I can 
I can honestly see him not getting dropped again, and this is his spot in the side now. Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, you look bit of future planning talk, I guess, but you'd think that he would hold that spot from here on in. Um, and I guess that's what puts Jacko in a little bit of a troublesome position in the on our roster, I guess. Him or Homsch, one of the two, even though Homsch has just signed. Um, you know, and I guess Marshall's probably the other one that's going to pencil his name in next year. I reckon they'll be keen to try and blood him. So I guess uh, the, the million-dollar question is how do we fit Frampton in next year? Yep. Uh, we've got a couple of questions on the Spreaker chat. Dylan has asked, should we be taking any more from this win than any other win this year? No, not really. I think it's a win and we move on. And okay. uh, a, win, a good win's a good win. What's that? We're 14 and 8 now. So um, is that right? 14 and 8? Uh, not sure we're on 14. Or 13. Could be 13, yeah. 13 and 8. So, you know, we're trudging to match 2014. So, uh it's all about just notching those wins. And, hey, we beat Gold Coast on the weekend. That will give us their first three wins in a row, which should get the players a little bit of confidence. Look, there was a lot of people on Big Footy that weren't confident going into this game. And, yeah. um, you know, we won the game. We did what we had to do. We were under the pump, and we still got the job done. And that's what so, um, a lot of people have been very critical of this year. So I'm, I'm very happy that we won this game, and I do think that we can take uh, a little bit extra out of it. Yeah, see, we can't have it both ways and go, oh, we only beat the Bulldogs, when before the game, not many people were thinking we'd win against the Bulldogs. Everyone's so, saying, oh, we're playing the Bulldogs, we're going to get thrashed. Well, it didn't happen, did it? We won the game. So, <laughs> so I mean, we, we were six And they had everything out. to play for. You know, they're trying to make finals. Um, yeah. There's not many teams in recent memory who've missed the finals after, uh, after winning a premiership the year before. So that's not, you know, something that they probably want on their record, to be honest. Did you say winning or gifting? <laughs> true, very true. I like that. But I mean, what? Very what was, our ta- what was our taking? What was our takeaway? Six weeks out, we were looking at the run home games to play. We were saying we're let's just, we're assuming here that we're going to beat the Gold Coast, which we should do. Um, but we were saying four out of six are pass, five out of six is really good. Was that that was our feedback, wasn't it? Pretty much, yep. And so we're going to walk away probably four and six. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So, you know, we can't do much more than that. And, you know, if we were five and six, we would have been fighting with Richmond, I guess. But anyway, yeah. them's the breaks. We still are, aren't we? So. Yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, we left ourselves in a position where we're, we're relying on results. So that's a bit unfortunate. Uh, Porsche really wants this question to be asked. Do you think the senior players have lifted because senior players are getting dropped at last? I would say yes. With I'm with you, Porsche. I mean, there's a, there's something about being on edge, isn't there? And mm. you know, you, you see it, whether it's in the workplace or on the footy field, when you know you when you know you're safe and there's nothing nothing on the line, you just don't have the same adrenaline. You know, it's like a salesperson that's just got a truckload of money in the bank. They they get a bit complacent. They need to be a little bit on edge. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um. Hartlett, how did you see his game, mate? I thought he was uh, Loved pretty it. good. Loved it. I think Hamish the last couple of months has been great. And, you know, I can't hide. I've been a bit of a Hamish back- basher over the last couple of years. But, I mean, he's been tough. He's been brutal at the contest. Um, he, I just, yeah, for whatever reason, without Broadbent on the side, in the side, Hartlett is a 10 times better player. Yeah, it is true. It is definitely true. And why, um, why is that, Macca? I think he's probably got a bit more to do. <laughs> he, he gets involved more because he has to, and he can't sort of skulk out the back not doing much. Uh, so he gets involved more, he's a bit more confident, and uh, is able to uh, impact the play a lot more, which I like. What are our learned listeners that are. Well, he's had, he's had chat- a good year. I, I think Hamish Harlan, I think when it was announced that he would likely be playing down back all year, I reckon most of us sort of groaned a bit and sort of went, well, hasn't really worked in the past. Um, he, he tends to play his worst games down back. Why are we doing this? But I I think he's had a good year. Like, he's played three or four poor games. Yep. Um, probably when collectively we as a team have played poor games. So thinking about the Essendon game, maybe the showdown as well, and um, maybe one other. Um, but I think he's been a lot more consistent than he's been 
in the past. And um, yeah, he's he's been good. You have to pick one player, like Broadbender Hart. Broadbender Hartlett. Who do you choose? Oh, I love. Don't make me choose. I love. I love the Cobra. No, you have to choose. Oh. I don't know. It's it's a top. It's a tough call. I think. Come on. I think Hartlett because his form. I think he can maybe play a bit better than what Broadbent has shown in the last couple of years. I think Broadie of sort of 2013-14 and maybe 15 was a great player. I think Broadie of the last two years has just sort of tapered off a bit and um, his best games aren't as good as what uh, Hamish's are. Vic Cole, I reckon Broadbent's softer than Hamish. I reckon Hamish does not flinch at putting his body on the line, whether he's backing into a pack or just going hard at a ball. But over the last year and a half, I reckon Brody's pulled out of a few contests and is not as hard. That's probably probably true. I think, um, yeah, look, you are probably right there. I wouldn't be calling Broadbent soft. I don't think he's soft. I, I, think I, never, more... I never said he's soft. I know. I, I'm not saying that you did. Um, yeah. I think it's just the role that we ask Broadbent to play leads to uh, a lot of uncontested footy and a little touch of softness sometimes. But, there, but there when has Bro- been a couple I still of think Broadie plays his best footy in the guts, in the middle. And whenever he plays in there, he plays really, really well. Yeah, and he's got the body to be playing midfield he and he should be there. there. <laughs> yeah, why? That's a mystery. But, um, yeah... But I yeah, can understand I just... why we originally moved him down back, back in 2013, because we needed some better foot skills coming out of the back line from what we had at the time. Um, and we tried a lot of players down there that year. I think we tried Lewis Stevenson and Campbell Heath and all these sorts of guys, Matt Thomas. Um, and I can understand why we chose to move Broadbent down back, um, but I don't think he should have stayed there permanently, which is pretty well what's happened. So what do our what do our chat room heroes think? Who who were they choosing, Hartlett or Broadbent? Or are they passive on this topic? Oh, there's been a couple that have said Broadie, but I think um, most have said Hammer. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Porsche has said we need a disclaimer like they have for radio. Macca received alcoholic inducements from Maddie Broadbent in China, <laughs> which is true. <laughs> so who do we? What, what do you think we would get for Broadbent? An early second rounder? Yeah, I think he's probably worth that. Sort of like a, a pick between sort of 18 and 25. So one of those because bottom he's... teams would offer a second rounder for him? Yeah, probably. Well, he's still in a good sort of age bracket, I think. So yeah. he's only 26. And you would would you take it? 20, 27 now, I guess. But would I take it? Uh, yeah. Or... Going by the theory that I would have let go Pirard, I would have to say that, yes, I probably would. Interesting. Look, if we got a pick 18, 19, 20 for him, I would be... Yeah, you'd probably take that. We're going to have a fair list turnover this year still, aren't we? Uh, potentially. Potentially. But you think that, you know, one of those, are, you know, Trengover brought one of those Trengover brought are probably going to go... White's going to be moved on. Uh, Monfries is probably going to be going as well. Um, you know, there's a few fringies there that. Uh, you know, I wonder if uh, I wonder if someone like a Brendan Archie might be saved and and get another year, just just because there's plenty of others before him that might go. I don't know. I think we still need to sign up Amon. I think there's, there might be one or two others, maybe. But I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Arch. I don't know. I think he's gone. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I just I hope I hope he goes somewhere else and they use him well and he exposes us. We have a great history of not that not having that happen to us. But um, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, no, because I think he's a good player and I just don't think he's been handled well and I don't think he's been given the the complete opportunities that he deserves. Well, look, the the last. Yeah. Five or six years, we haven't really let go of anyone. There's been a lot of criticism from our own supporters over players that we've let go. Everyone thought we let go Salapek too early. Uh, too early. Everyone was up in arms when we let go Banner. Yes, um, 
and everyone Newton, was like, oh, what, how could we possibly have delisted Surgeon? And then he never played a game of football again in his life because uh, of his injuries. Ben um, Newton. Ben Newton, Andrew Moore. All these, all these guys that we let go have not really come back to bite us. So yeah. I think the club deserves a bit of credit in maybe they did actually make the right decision in, in well, most of these cases. Or are they great at just destroying a player's confidence in that mid-tier range that they never come back from it? Uh, well, I don't think you can really say that, to be honest. Don't you reckon? Nah. Well, I watched no. that Gold Coast re- because I, I, I watched the Go- well, everyone I watched that thought- Gold Coast replay, mm. and they spoke so the commentators spoke so highly of Archie, and they were saying, you know, he is locked in this team for a long time now, and then one game later, out the door. And yeah. they showed, they showed they showed no faith. Are you in sure him. they weren't talking about his brother? The place no, no, no. Cause he didn't play that game, cheeky. So um, yeah, so you know they really yeah. And he Arch had a great game that game in the Gold Coast, and he had good uh, three good games leading up to it. And then we had that disaster against Essendon, and he was the first scapegoat out straight away, and uh, and never seen again until he played one game a couple of weeks ago, and then out straight away again. It's um, yeah, I just I think it's just poor player management, and uh, he's probably bereft of confidence, and you can understand why. Look, Porsche and uh, Ryan Pillar are going mad on the podcast as usual. Um, they're saying well, it's blatant don't... revisionism, but it's not revisionism. A lot of people were upset that Salapek didn't get a game in his last year. A lot of people were upset that we let go Surgeon. A lot of people were are still upset that we let go Banner. This this happened. This did happen, and I'm happy I to go Banner. back on Big Footy and go on the forum and look at the archives and let him uh, bump those threads. Hey, if there's, a com- if there's a conspiracy of all conspiracy, it's the fact that no one wants to dig up my claim when I said that Matthew Loeb was no better than Robbie Warnock. And everyone shit-canned me for saying that, and the stats did not lie, and performance has shown that he is, no- he is really no better. Mm. And look, and look what's happened. They're both on the really on the scrap heap. Yep, that's fair. Look, let's talk about the SANFL quickly. Um, Port played Nord on Sunday at Alberton and uh, won convincingly 19 goals, 8 to 8 goals, 3, 71-point victory against the old foe, which is great. Uh, Brett Eddy kicked five goals. Um, also, AFL regulars Jackson Trengove and Aaron Young slotted four and three each, whilst Arch, Cracker and Palmer kicked two as well. Great game. Didn't see it. Saw the stats. Read the big footy thread. But um, I think it's great that those senior players are performing and not mm. sulking. You think Jackson's doing everything right to probably get a call up again. Well, he was massive. Um, 24 touches, 13 marks, yeah. um, six inside 50s, four goals too. That's a, that's a, well, it's, it's blatantly clear that he is far too good for this level. Absolutely. It, it's interesting. Why doesn't he transition that, that AFL level? I guess that's the question. Um, you know, obviously, that little bit of uh, step up in speed, especially up forward, sort of catches him out perhaps. But um, Aaron Young had a massive game in the middle again. I, I think unless Aaron's going to be played as a midfielder, he, he shouldn't get a call up though. Would that be yeah. fair to say? Uh, I think it's probably fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're coming into finals. Who's playing in the SANFL that's realistically on the selection option table in that side at the moment? Oh. Jackson Trengove? Well, you would think Trengove, you would think Young is still a chance. I would think Impey. Um, well, still... How did Impey go? It sounded like his first half was a bit iffy. But he sort of ramped it up after that. Well, he didn't get a lot of the ball, to be honest. Um, so, typical Jarman Impy game then. Yeah, pretty much, I think. Pretty much. Are you almost willing to put a line through Jarman? No, I, I still hold out hope, mate. I still hold out hope. What do you? Got... What? What hope? What hope do you think he's got? And chat rumours. Quickly tell us before we go. What? What hope is there for the Ipster? Because I'm struggling to see any at the moment. I don't know. I'm really disappointed that he hasn't really developed at all since he's been here. 
Um, I don't know. I, I think his run is useful. I think uh, there's the potential to be an AFL quality player in there. Um, but he just isn't <laughs> at the moment, mm-hmm. which is the uh, which is the problem. Um, I don't know. Like his physical traits are are great, but man, he just he just needs to get more of the ball. He, like when he he has these games where he he does play pretty well. Look, he does play well on occasion, and he does get you know a couple of goals here and there. And um, you know we saw how he played against Collingwood last year, against Collingwood earlier this year as well. Um, I don't know. We, but he just goes missing for like fifty minutes at a time, and you can't afford to do that. Yeah, I uh, I just don't think he's smart enough. Mm. I don't think he knows where to put himself. I think he doesn't know when to time his runs, um, and he he definitely can't execute on the run at goals. Um, I think he hasn't shown really any development in that aspect of the game in the, what, three or four years he's been with us. Mm. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's one I'd probably, if we can get something for him, I'd probably trade him to. Yeah, look, I I don't know. I don't know. There's a part of me that thinks that if we trade him out, he's going to burst onto the scene at a new club, and that might happen. But as we just finished saying... You know, a lot of the players that we've let go haven't uh, haven't done too well at a new home. I think the only club that could maybe make something of him would be Hawthorne. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I think he'd suit Geelong's game pretty well. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's, I don't know. He's one of those players. I, I wouldn't be unhappy if we trade him, but I can certainly see him sort of uh, developing elsewhere. I don't know. Mm. It's a tough one. It is a tough one. All right. I reckon that might be it for tonight, mate. Sure. We went a little bit over. We did, but that's all right. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Good banter. Hope the chat room enjoyed it. The chat room was off. Going was off. off, mate. Lovely. Thanks Good for stuff. filling in for me, too. No worries. And Vale Gary, Gary West, uh, a true. South Australian sporting legend. So if anyone doesn't really know much about him, do a bit of a Google and uh, he, uh, he, he hid in the background a fair bit, that guy, but he was, a, he was a, a great guy and he was a very, very good cycling coach and had a very good cycling history and he was uh, taken too young. Indeed. Well said. Until next time. Galapair. Go Butcher. Sean Bergon, who delivers beautifully on the chest of Thurston. Pick it with the overlap. Pull it 